Welcome to TNS, the new school at Commonweal, a collaborative learning project exploring nature, culture, and consciousness. Join us now for a conversation with Isabel Lana Fernandez and Annika Velasquez, hosted by Ladybird Morgan. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us and welcome. My name is Kira Epstein. I'm the program coordinator for the new school at Commonweal. And I am here today with our host, Lady Bird Morgan, to welcome Isabel Lena Fernandez and Annika Velasquez to the new school. I'll turn this over to Lady Bird in a few minutes to welcome you further and introduce Isabel and Annika. But first, a few announcements. I'd like to thank the Stenson Bolinas Community Fund and all of you for your donations and support of this series of conversations. We're recording this conversation and we'll have produced audio and video files available on our website. You can also find the recordings for the first event that Ladybird hosted with us in February with Indigenous women elders Pat McCabe and Susan Balbus on our website and media channels. You can also find and subscribe to get all of our recordings on SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thanks to Ken Adams behind the scenes, helping us with production. And I think we are ready to begin now. Lady Bird Morgan, Isabel Lena Fernandez, and Annika Velasquez, welcome to the new school at Commonweal. Thank you very much. Kira, um, and good morning, everyone who has taken the time to join us. It's lovely to see the names in the um, in the list, and to anyone who's watching in the future, thank you so much for checking us out. Um, so, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Lady Bird, and I am one of the guest hosts here with the New School. And I have several other hats. Um, I teach hospice in prison at San Quentin. I work with the Cancer Health Program. I'm very involved with biodynamic cranial sacral work and um, just really kind of running around being curious about being a human on the planet, which led me to this conversation with Isabel and Annika. So the first call that I had um, that I shared with the new school was with Susan Balbus and Pat McCabe. And at the time I had just really been curious about um, engaging with women and indigenous women and hearing some voices that I don't normally get to hear on webinars. And as I was doing that call, I thought the next one would be so fascinating if I could bring in some voices of the youth. Um, I don't have children myself. I'm not running around with a bunch of folks who are teenage 20 year olds. And so it's a voice that I have to actually go looking for. And I'm really grateful and curious. So um, I heard about Annika and Isabel through a colleague, Alex Munoz, who is a film director, creator, and he was participating in something through Armory Arts down in Pasadena, California, Los Angeles. And he sent an email out to a group of us saying that they had put together uh, a short uh, showing of short films based on what justice looks like. I didn't know anything about it. I clicked on it, I watched them. And what happened was, I responded to the films that um, Isabel and Annika had created. I didn't know that they had created them. Their names were not posted after you watched the films. You just got to watch a series of films kind of scrolling past you. And I just responded to them and I re reached out to Alex and asked if he thought they might be interested in meeting with me. And so really this came about um, in a way that I sort of feel like is indicative of how the arts are created, which is you respond to something that is impacting you in the moment. 
So I reached out to Isabel and Annika and they agreed to do this very bravely. Um, so I'm so grateful. And both of them, I, I will just tell to the listeners that, you know, we don't really know each other that well. They don't really know each other that well. This is a new conversation, um, but we're eager to just at least explore some, some ideas that I had brought to them around um, how we show up in the world, how we show up as artists, how we show up as women, um, and just being just actually like, what does it mean to be? Um, so what I would like to do um, is just let you each say hello to the panelists and just say a moment about where you are today and how you would like to be presented today. And then um, we're going to show your films. They're just two minutes each. We're going to show them and let that sort of initiate our conversation about where we want to go. So Isabel, if you wouldn't mind starting just um, saying hello to everyone. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm so happy to be here today. And I think Ladybird said, uh, you know, how we all got here. So I, I guess that's how I am. But I guess from my perspective, uh, I work for the Armory and they let the teens and the youth assistants be so involved in all the projects they do. So even though I wasn't in this film class, um, the Armory reached out to me because they know I have an interest in film. And they said, hey, there's this amazing project that one of our um, one of our artists is doing and would you be interested in just like collaborating and maybe like giving it a shot? And I said, absolutely. And I had just seen um, Annika's film actually. So that kind of served for inspiration for the project. I was like, ah, this project looks amazing. Uh, the actual students are doing amazing work and I would love to join that too. Um, I'm a freshman in college. So this year has definitely been all virtual for me. So I think using Zoom though to do podcasts and talk to other people is probably the best way to use it. Uh, still doing that human collaboration. Um, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. All right. Hi, um, my name is Annika Velasquez. And um, I actually, I was a part of that class, obviously. I made the work. Um, but the funny part of it is I joined the class for the film segment and then happened to be busy all three weeks of the film segment until the last day and I showed up and they like explained the project and I was like okay I can do that and I did and here we are um so that was like a really funny happy coincidence um I'm really happy to be here and to meet Ladyberg and Isabel this it's just so much fun talking to them um and I guess where I am is um I just finish my junior year of high school um, and I will be graduating early and I am um, work I work in the entertainment industry and so I'm getting some projects um, started and writing a lot so that's kind of where I am. Fantastic yeah we'll definitely come back around to the projects that both of you are involved in. Um, so let's go ahead and show the films because I think it's a nice way to just sort of dive in and they're so short um, you are ready for that, Ken, and I'll just mute myself. Justice is the soft green earth, a capsule for corpses. Justice is like jasmine, it reeks of reparations. Justice finds forgiveness and it asks for amends. Justice whispers in the creatures with souls. They have minds that murder and creatures that kill, and yet they are the same souls that created kindness and candor. The same creatures that created courts and convictions. 
Justice is everything. But fiction. Justice. Justice tastes like blood in your mouth. Like iron, that strong metal that courses through our veins. Justice tastes like standing, even when that fist makes contact with your jaw. Justice tastes like fighting for what is right. Justice is like that red that surfaces when you've skinned your knee, reminding you that it is there and that it will fight to repair the damage you have endured. Justice feels like your heart pumping faster, blood coursing through your body as you scream out to say, I won't back down. Justice feels like color rushing to your cheeks when you know you have won, that your persistence and strength has triumphed over their impression and hate. Like blood, justice means not only life, but living, because we all deserve to live. Sorry, I always get so excited watching these. Um, what I particularly really am appreciating again, watching it, um, I don't know how many times I've seen them now, is the difference. Um, and Isabel, you mentioned that this morning when we were briefly meeting. Um, I'm curious, just from both of you, how you respond to watching these again and again, first of all, and knowing that you made them. But um, I really, I, I'm, I'm just curious about responses right now. And what it was in you that responded to create that film and what it was that um, sort of what's happening for you now when you see it again. Well, I just like, for me, the prompt that they gave us was, um, what does justice taste like to you? I don't know why, but immediately I just thought of like that taste of blood in your mouth. I mean, obviously I talked about that in my film, um, but I find it really interesting, the difference between ours, because for me, I feel like justice is this really, um, it's um, almost like it's objective and it's intense um, and it's like hard work. So like, to me, just immediately, I thought of this, like um, that song popped into my head and this like really intense um, imagery popped into my head and just like memories of uh, um, going to protests and stuff. And that energy, that energy of everybody chanting and shouting like at the top of their lungs everyone is like like bursting with just energy and this concentrated energy as we're all walking down this street and even though it's like chaos it's so concentrated and everybody is like everybody is like fighting for this thing that we all believe in and just all of this like almost power is like coming it's like funneling into these streets as we're like walking down and uh, just I remember there was this one tunnel that we walked in during this one protest and it just like, it 
filled the tunnel, you know, and kind of like that feeling um, of like feeling like there are people with you who also care. Like that is a lot of what justice is to me because it it, it is a like we're all choosing, like especially like in our country, our country chose to have the justice system that we have and we're continuously voting to make it a better system and to repair some of the damage that our system has um, caused. And so like, I think that it really is, it's a group project guys. It's a group project. Um, And so like, to me, it was this like um, bigger worldwide. Like I wanted to collect videos from like all over and videos of people joining in together because it is like, it is a movement in my opinion. Yeah, movement and I mean, a visceral, um, I mean, even just so you're the video and then you speaking right now both had this have this impact on me where I'm like, okay, I'm in it. I might as well be at a protest rally because <laughs> what you are expressing verbally is what that film felt like to me. It's like, okay, this is what it feels like. I mean, I know the question was taste, but taste is a sensation. And um, so it's it's an awesome way of just seeing how what you're able to actually create in this medium brings me, I don't know what anybody else felt, but it brought me to an actual experience in my body that I could then like, oh, I should probably get out to a protest right now. Or like, you know, how am I engaging in justice? Like, what does justice actually taste like or feel like to me? So to me, that is, I mean, it's like a quintessential gift and beauty of what art can offer is an embodied experience. Um, Isabel, I'm curious what you're... It's, I, I, I would say that uh, you, you asked earlier, um, what is it like, like watching back, uh, back the films? And um, I can speak to like the difference between the two, but I think when I initially get prompts or when I initially am like assigned something or to do uh, any artwork, uh, when they ask like what justice was and what does it taste like, I always think about how do I think about this as like, if I were to explain this to someone that's not human, like to an alien, like how would I explain this like thing that only exists in humanity and only exists like in our world? And I think of it in a very general sense. And I think that that's apparent in my film. It's like, what is justice on the most basic level and how does it exist in nature? And maybe even how does it exist outside of ourselves and from an outside perspective? And I think I think I, I definitely could have uh, you, uh, responded to the prompt in a, like, what's happening right now. But I'm constantly, just as a person, I'm constantly looking at things um, from uh, a, a future lens. As in, like, it's already happened and let me, like, reflect back on it and try to, like, summarize it. Uh, I think that's how the world makes the most sense to me is like looking back at something as a whole rather than trying to figure it out now. Uh, so I think it's really interesting how Annika uh, was like, it, it definitely feels like this energy. And I felt that when I first watched the film is that it's, it's, it feels like now it feels like, oh, I need to do something in the next couple seconds. I needed, it's very much that inspiration for what to do now. And it's, it's very much in the present and it's energetic and I think the contrast between the two is beautiful and they're almost like symbiotic too, because I think one of them, although it may be like in a general sense, the the next one uh, asks you to take action. And I just like the way they play off each other. So I think it it was a very happy accident, but maybe not, maybe not coincidence. Maybe it, it, it all feels orderly and uh, meant to be. 
Yeah, you know, I think is interesting about what you just said is that like basic level, because I feel like this is something I'm an actress. Right. And like like when you're acting, like you want to do the basic level and then everything else will fill in like all of those other layers to get that really in depth. You can't be thinking about that in depth the whole time. You have to start like with the basics and then like it'll just like fill in itself. And I feel like that's exactly like what your um, film did is your film was like really powerful. And it wasn't because you like tried to make it powerful it was just like you you said what you need to say the like basic level of what justice was and then it all kind of filled in and with the imagery you used I really liked it yeah I I will second that that there was again I mean both of you I think what happened was this embodiment um and Isabel exactly to your point of kind of you like you pull back and you bring in this um, awareness. Um, I don't not to get too like far out there. We are, and I am in West Marin, so I can kind of go out there, but like this consciousness state of what is justice? Like if you weren't a human being and somebody was trying to articulate this to you, how could you actually get this? And it has more, it's, it is about nature. It is about all of these things. It isn't just about an action. Um, or responding to an injustice, justice isn't in just in response to the opposite, right? And we tend to always think in, in that way that we're going one against the other, but justice in and of itself exists. And so what is that quality of when something actually exists and how do we experience that? And that, I certainly felt that with your film, that um, it was like an understanding um, that was um, accessible. I could actually just like feel it sort of like coming into my body. So yeah, and they do play off together really well. So with that question, with you actually bringing up the looking to the past and looking to history, I'm curious, what um, what do you look at in history? I mean, when I think about history, I think like really far back and we're obviously different ages, but I'm curious, what were, you, what were the first seeds of you being impacted or embodied by the arts and how did that lead to you deciding to actually take a step towards it? Isabel, if you could respond first. Of course. Um, I, uh, I'll, I'll get to the history aspect in, in a second. But as far as like my history with art, it definitely started uh, at a young age. I think we, I'm fortunate enough that I've like, my mom's a teacher. She's an educator. And the I, I guess the further we get into the uh, 21st century, the more art is implemented into curriculum at school and the more we push for uh, the creative spaces. So luckily enough, like when I was going to like preschool and elementary school, art was already a big uh, part of learning and the things that we did. And I think every kid loves art, no matter if you're an art. I don't like the label, like if you're an artist or you're not an artist. I think as, if you're engaging with anything creatively, no matter your skill level, you're an artist, you're, you're doing art and you have a passion for it. So, you know, like crayons and stuff obviously are like your first tools that you use, but it's just something that you keep up with or you don't keep up with and you get interested in other things. I think I just wanted to experience all the different types of art. Uh, so I took like dance classes. I, uh, I did acting for a little bit. I did some stage combat. Um, I like, uh, did origami, like just literally anything that I could do that was like creating, it felt fun and it didn't feel like work, even though, you know, you put a bunch of work into it. And I think definitely now I'm at the place where I'm honing in uh, on the specific uh, art mediums that I like, which is usually visual arts. I like painting, um, drawing. I have been getting into animation lately and poetry, of course. Like I think 
I started to have an affinity for spoken word and words in general when I started reading at a higher level. I know reading felt like work when I was younger, but now it doesn't feel like work. It feels like art. It feels like experiencing art, which is really great. And as far as history, looking to the past, uh, history is also, I think, art in many ways. Like philosophy and um, sociology, a lot of sciences are art. And looking at the past to understand our future and understand the way humans work, I think, is is intertwined with all of my experiences with art. I remember my um, favorite time in history has always been the gold rush, the California gold rush. And I played like a gold rush game in fourth grade and we all had to have our own clans and um, like we would draw cards and then it would tell us like, oh, you, you got robbed, sorry, all of your gold is gone. Or no, you just struck gold. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was really fun and I ended up losing But learning about that segment in California history specifically, you know, because we live here and also um, as as a a Hispanic, as a Mexican-American, so much of our history is, you know, on this land. It's in Mexico, but, you know, there is no such thing as borders, at least before we created them. So a lot of indigenous tribes that I descend from, you know, they were they were here in California. They experienced um, the like conversion of religion through the missions. And I live by a mission too. So I think I've just always been fascinated with uh, the the, cal- the history of California because it is intertwined with my own heritage, but also because it it's this idea of discovering like a new world, even though America wasn't new, but the untouched earth of um, America when indigenous people were here before like colonization has always been like this beauty that is gone now. You know, we have like buildings and we have uh, we have the industrialization. And I think I constantly try to hold on to that um, beauty that America used to be. So I like to, I think it's nostalgia for a time that I never lived, but I think I like to look to that beauty whenever I create my own art because I want to replicate it in any way I can. Yeah. Can I ask you a more sort of personal question about that when you speak to like the history and replicating history and um, not even so much honoring and acknowledging, but there's a way that you're sort of wanting to bring forward with you this um, experience. What, what was that experience in your body? Like, what do you remember that that's was like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to, this is calling me. Like, what is that? Um, do you, can you articulate Yes, I, I definitely think I can. So I, I, I should probably mention that I want to be a park ranger when I grow up. So I'm heavily, I love national parks. And I think part of that is because they're preserved because they are untouched land. So I think the feeling of being in nature and in a place that's untouched by earth, it just feels um, like everything. It feels like I'm not touching it. Like it's, it's, it's almost the only thing that's pure and the only thing that uh, is art because it is not created. And yet when I look at it, it still um, feels the same way that art does, as in like, it makes me think of a bunch of things. Uh, the, 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 the way the sun hits, the way everything is lit, it's something that, you, that we can try to recreate with paintings and um, any type of art. But the truth is like all art comes back to uh, that kind of natural being, that natural coincidence of everything lining up and like the way the mountain um, slopes like curve into like the, the, the valley of sand. My favorite national park is Death Valley. And whenever I take a picture there, um, because I go annually, it looks like a painting. It literally looks like someone has handcrafted it. 
And as someone that believes that like the universe is coincidence and everything has just um, come together because of uh, whether it's natural selection or anything else, that that beauty almost feels um, uh, like transcendent. It feels it feels um, so much more powerful because I think it all wasn't planned but and yet it looks curated so that's i think that's the feeling i get when i when i look at art and when i look at nature so that's why they're interlinked yes thank you very beautifully articulated annika i'm we kind of went off a path after that first question but um do you want to respond to what we've just talked about but then also going back to um yeah like your experience with your past and what sort of initially with, inspired you to to be um, in the arts for sure. So I think that I'm definitely, I'm a performative arts person. Um, so like, I mean, as soon as I could stand they had me on a stage, whether it was dance class or acting or whatever. And it was always just kind of like, um, my favorite thing ever. And I was like, this is great. And then, um, like in middle school, I think actually this is kind of a funny story. Um, I was selected and I won a scholarship to go to a, um, STEM camp. Um, and like very few people like were allowed and it was like completely paid for and it was awesome. Um, and I show up and I hated it. My favorite part was coming back to the dorm afterwards and I would do, I would put on skits. I would do, um, I would do, (laughs) I would just like do impressions of the counselors or of different like TV shows that we all liked or impressions of other people who are in our dorm. And I would do full on like hour long shows after we would come back for all the girls in my dorm. And uh, like we would do, oh my God, we were doing, we pretty much had the entire Beauty and the Beast play memorized and we would just do that. And I was like, oh my God, I'm an actress. What am I doing here? And so like everyone at the end of the camp, they were like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be majoring in um, economics. I'm going to be majoring in coding. And I'm like, y'all, I'm going to become a comedic actress. This is what I'm meant for. Um, And so from then, like, I was like, okay, this is, um, this is the art form that I actually, this is my favorite thing ever to do. So why not just do it and get paid for it and make this like my lifelong commitment, my lifelong job. And so like from that point on, I like started taking like real classes, not just for recreation and um, like on my path to get an agent and a manager and everything. Um, And then all kind of fell into place through there. But um, actually what I think is really interesting about the whole history question is my favorite like when I was a kid my favorite thing was I had a history where's Waldo book and to me history is all about the people the little people in the where's Waldo book and like remembering like all the different eras that you could like switch to and seeing all of the people and what they were all doing and it's super funny and everything but um kind of that how Isabel was talking about nature um and how she finds it beautiful my my like nature is I find people so beautiful. And to me, history is all about the people and how they all interact. And to me, it's all about people and the expression of humanity, because humanity is just such this beautiful thing. And I think that in art, I love expressing like 
people, you know, and just like expressing like those facial features and that body language that like you might not notice, but they all tell such an important story and everyone has an important story and like just watching people and like wanting to replicate that, like that subtle beauty um, that I just like, oh my God, it makes me so happy. And so like, I love going around and just people watching. Um, and I love like looking at every, like every person's face and like how it is so intentional and so constructed yet not. And so like wild and free at the same time and being able to capture that, I feel like for me, film is my like preferred art medium. Um, although I do dabble <laughs> in every, everything else. Um, but I just like that, that, so it's it's a picture it's a picture it's picture perfect and you can just capture it beautifully and i think the thing that sets film out from any other genre is silence because you cannot capture like the depth of silence and there's so much that can be said in silence and film is the only medium that you can actually see that like you can't really get silence from a painting or even photography but just watching two people sit in silence can be so incredibly powerful and just like being able to capture things like that, that you don't necessarily think of, but that are really beautiful inherently. Like, I just, I love it. I love it. (laughs) You're listening to a TNS conversation with Isabel Lana Fernandez and Annika Velasquez hosted by Lady Bird Morgan. You, I just, both of you, I'm sorry, I have a, a cat. Um, you're just both so infectious. I, Annika, I want to stay with what you were just bringing up because this leads into this present moment, which is, you know, you have a love of people and um, and a love of nature. And right now on the planet, it's pretty rough out there. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. I'm not even going to go into all the details of that, but to hear your inspired voice, both of you, but Annika, I'll speak to you first, like, to hear your inspiration about people and your love of people. I'm just curious, um, what do you see as possible um, with this shift in what's happening in the world right now and your role with working in um, media and film? And I know you're working on some projects right now. Like, do you have hope? You seem pretty hopeful. I am because like, and I don't know necessarily what you mean about like (laughs) what's happening in the world right now, because there is so much that is happening in the world right now. And um, I think the most prominent thing for me is that people continue to try because especially for our generation, I mean, we've pretty much been told since we were in like the fifth grade that (laughs) at some point in our lives, (laughs) like humanity is just not going to work out anymore. And that global warming is going to take us out. And that like, if we don't do something really quickly, like we're all going to die. And that's totally going to happen in our generation. Like we've been told that since we were like, like literally children. And then kind of like that we haven't given up, you know, that everything like a global pandemic and we're still trying to have a good time and that we're still trying to enjoy everything. And that like in the midst of all this, like I'll be like walking downtown and just seeing somebody having a good time and somebody enjoying themselves and seeing somebody smile and that that still exists. Like no matter how hard things are getting, like that there are like smiles everywhere still. And like seeing people like online, like in all different parts of the world, um, just like 
having a good time. And I know that there are like, there are definitely uh, places that are having it a lot worse than others, but just the, a kind of like global predicament that we're in that like, who knows what's going to happen in the next 30 years if we don't get our stuff together. Um, and that we're still, we're still trying and that there are a lot of initiatives to like save us and that it is, it's, I mean, guys, it's a group project, <laughs> I gotta say, um, and that we're all still, we're all still into it and that there is progress, even when it might be minute progress that isn't really broadcasted. Like there are things that are happening and there are people who are trying and that's, that's like really impactful to me. And I just like, I want to be a part of that. I want to be, I don't want, I want to be the person who's trying too. And like, for a specific um, detail, I remember the day that we had, um, like right before COVID hit, um, we had like a walkout for climate change um, after like Greta had that like <laughs> interview and we were all like, yes, yes, let's do it. And uh, like our entire school did this walkout and we all like walked all around like downtown. And again, that like concentrated energy of like being a part of, um, of a protest and like being a part of like that group, that's so incredible to me. And that, that we are interested in still making a change, even when it seems like, like there's almost no hope. And I think that, um, being like, like having something like the black lives matter movement where it's like, like people have been like kicked down and just, I mean, oppressed for years, for generations. And that, at this like point in time, we're all still going to go out and take it to the streets. And that like people of all different walks and races and ages are going to come out and they're going to support and that they're going to like try to end this and try to um, like be an ally or just stand up for their rights or stand up for their friends' rights. Like that's just so incredible to me. And I think that it's really special, the generation that we're in now, because there's so much of that. There's so much of standing up. And I think that every generation feels that way, but like, no, our generation, our generation's doing it right. You know, <laughs> like there's a lot. Yeah, and it's I, really I will agree with that. And I appreciate you saying, of course, you've been getting these messages since you were little, right? Yeah. And this is like, this is a reminder for me and another reason and why I was so excited to have you guys on this conversation because when you talk to people that are 50 and above, you know, we're just kind of caught up in our own conversation and our own experience about what our lives were like versus how they are now. And we're, we're sort of, um, not we, and I'm, I'm me, I'll just speak for myself. I, you know, I become very um, myopic. I mean, it's just like, okay, this is my reality. This is what everybody must be experiencing. And it's like, no, of course not. The changes that I'm going through, the disappointments or the um, the frustrations that I have with the world are, are fundamentally different because I had a different beginning than you guys had, right? And so, and that's not good or bad. It's just what is. And there was a moment, I don't even remember when it was. I feel like it was during the beginning of the COVID crisis where things felt so overwhelming and daunting. And I thought, well, the youth, you know, and I had always heard that before, like the youth will take over and not having children. I was like, yeah, okay. The youth, whatever, but what about us? You know? Um, and I finally felt it like, oh my God, of course, it's because you're not embedded in all of the stuff that other people are embedded in. And we each have our own walk to do and our own path around that. And it's not, 
I mean, I feel like I'm exactly where I need to be and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And it's not all up to my generation or the generation before, or even your generation. Like there will be something after you, whether it'll be human or not, you know, we'll get to figure that out. But um, Isabel, I'm curious about your experience with that, like, or your relationship with nature is, seems a little bit different than with people, but is there a, a blending of that? Does that come over to humanity? I, I think it does. I think even our idea of um, nature is still from the lens of humans. Like it is other because we have separated ourselves from it. Um, but really, I mean, for me at least, like uh, like from my perspective, there is like everything has tendencies to do certain things. Like we're all, um, I don't want to say we're predictable, but I, I have a lot of conversations with my, fr- with my friends where I'm like, we have no free will. Everything we do is like predetermined and we're just like bound to do certain things, which is like pretty cynical because I think, I mean, we want um, us to have like, I think control over everything, which um, is both good and bad. I think we want to control the bad things from happening, but we also want to control um, our own little like sectors of life and like other people around us. And that's just very human to want to control things and to want to know everything and understand everything and um, make everything feel uh, manageable. And I think something like, you know, climate change feels very unmanageable and it feels very out of our hands. And some, some of it is, some of it is out of our hands to where like we can't control what's already been done. Um, and it's not up to every single individual to save the world. Like not every, I don't know why uh, we feel this way. I mean, I do, cause I feel it too, but I think sometimes you feel the weight of the world and all of its problems on you as a, like a single person. But the truth is, like you said, uh, the generation after you or the generation before you, like all the people on this earth, which is multiple generations, they're all going to do certain things. They're all going to take action in their own way based on their own experiences and their own life to combat anything that's um, threatening uh, our existence and um, our way of life, which gives me some hope. But I think I have particular hope in um, our generation because I feel like no other generation is... is um, so drenched in the perspectives of others. I think uh, social media and content creation, you are constantly just, I think I read this like crazy thing where like, it's like in one day of like consuming media and consuming information, you have consumed more information than someone from like 1800 would in like a month or a year. It was like some crazy statistic like that. But I 100% believe it because I learn so many new things a day just from checking my phone. And because you learn more things and you're open to more perspectives, it makes you care about more things that you wouldn't have cared about if you didn't know they existed. I think there was like this um, blissful uh, like shade of ignorance. Um, I got to live too before I joined the internet where like I didn't have to worry about certain things and I didn't have to think about them. But then once you are introduced to other people and you're hearing people's voices and it's like face to face because you're seeing their faces, even if it's through a screen and you're hearing their voice and their experience and they're filming what they're going through and they're like reaching out to like this void and telling it everything um, that's hurting them and everything that's making them happy. So you have no choice but to listen and you're choosing to listen by logging on to the internet and looking at all these perspectives. So I just think that my generation is, um, it, they're ca- cursed with the with the responsibility, I think, of listening to everyone. But at the same time, listening to other people is what um, insights change and it what, it's what um, garners support for things, uh, which 
uh, enables them to create change and make a lot of things happen, uh, which is which is hopeful, which is hopeful. As much as I'm a cynic, I think I still am very hopeful for uh, what uh, the kids are doing and what the future generations are doing um, and what the past generation is doing too, because they're still learning. I think we like to throw away elders a lot and be like, ah, they're useless. <laughs> no, they're not. Um, there's still people not, like me and Annika will be uh, decades older in decades. You know what I mean? Like um, everybody still has um, their their part to play. And as as people, I think as people... Um, we all still have our things to do. And also, I just want to mention that all the problems that we have now, they're different problems, but they're also the same problem. I mean, humans tend to have, you know, the same problem, whether it's injustice, whether it's um, greed or selfishness or just overconsumption. Like we have the same problems all the time. They're just in like different forms. So I'm, I think everybody understands that. Like every generation understands um, problems and with humanity and even if it's in a in a different form, everyone still cares about it. Yeah, Isabel, can I ask you to go a little bit deeper into the comment about what what you have the responsibility to listen to what's happening? And um, when we were talking before this talk, you had mentioned things about like you know shifting the way that um, people are presented and stories are presented so that we actually can listen to something uniquely different. And could you speak a little bit about that? Like how, how in the arts are you impacting what people are listening to and actually maybe even shifting how they then are listening because of that difference? Absolutely. I think uh, shifting people's perspectives is, or like showing new perspectives is a reaction to perspectives that haven't been shown in the past. And I think it's very easy, again, not to, not to realize things that haven't been shown if you're not being exposed to them. So like for me, I could have like grown up on like Disney Channel or like whatever, whatever media I consumed, just not seen certain things. Like uh, I didn't realize how um, little my favorite female characters spoke in their own films until I watched films where they were speaking. So I think, you know, um, being exposed to new perspectives and like, uh, like showing, uh, um, like changing the media and the art that we're creating, we are simultaneously creating that art with um, new voices and new perspectives while um, I think identifying that art hasn't been that way in the past. Like it's doing both at the same time, which is like really great how that works. I didn't, I didn't realize that until um, I had started watching, I think media from the past and media from the present is that like both, um, both of them are, like uh, one of them is a reaction to the other, but uh, it, it also is just paving its new path and doing um, new things. So like the responsibility of um, listening to new perspectives is just existing in this world. I think we don't get a choice, um, at least at a young age, you don't get a choice to what you're exposed to or what um, you learn about the world because it's usually dictated by other people. But those other people are being replaced by, I guess, our generation or newer generations and newer perspectives. So that inevitably will change um, what the, the future generations are growing up with and what they're being exposed to. So, they, they, you know, they don't have a choice to what they listen to. We can only choose what to show them, I think. We can only choose what we show out into the world. And whatever we put out into the world, people will listen as in, like, they will consume it. And what they um, think about it, you know, is completely up to them. But I think if you do the work to show a perspective and tell your truth, um, whether that's like as a woman, as a queer woman, as a person of color, um, as I don't know, as like if you have like a really weird job that no one knows about, anything that you do that's like unique to you or something that hasn't been seen, 
people will absorb that information and then they'll have their own decision, um, what they want to think of it. But as long as you're doing the work to show what you're doing um, truthfully and honestly and with sincerity, I think people are so good at identifying when something is authentic and sincere and when it isn't. I think we understand when we're being, I don't, I don't want to say played with, but when we're, we're being manipulated, whether that's through media or when we're being lied to. And so people recognize that authenticity and they will listen to what you have to say as long as you um, push through, I think, um, what they might have learned in the past. As long as you try to show them what you're doing, uh, your story, they, they, they will listen. Yeah, actually, like, there's something that, like, I was kind of thinking about throughout that whole thing, um, was, like, that, like, the older generations and, like, almost the, um, the duty, I guess, that we have, the obligation that we have to, um, try and educate, um, the older generations on, um, kind of the things that we do understand, that we grew up understanding. So, like, for me, like, just um, last weekend, my my poor grandma was so confused on um, on why why we have to call my cousin a different name and why they're now they are um, identify as a man and why that's like so confusing to her and all the things that like I was trying to explain what pronouns are and that she had an open mind and that she wanted she wanted to understand and she wanted to understand why my cousin like felt that way or why we have to call them by different pronouns and like that like that um drive to try and understand and that we as the younger generation who does understand can explain that and that we like are able to um like help the older generations um in cases like that where we're just i don't know we just grew up with a better understanding and i think that like like i do definitely have hope like from viewing situations like that where even the older generations they're trying they're trying and i mean not all of them are but the ones who are like it's really it's really nice to see annika do you feel like so when you think about the work that you're going to be doing with um creating films and acting like do you see impacting that ability for the older generations or for any generation to really um well kind of yeah kind of going off of what um Isabel was saying I was like we just need to see it yeah. like the first step is just seeing before accepting you just have to see it and I think that if you especially as film as a medium um like just seeing people that right now aren't necessarily being seen and making that the new normal so that people will have questions so that people are intrigued to learn more that like if if you can just like show show people if people are like oh i have to understand that to understand this film or i have to um now i want now i want to understand why this was a certain way why this character felt this way like if you can inspire those questions just by creating a piece of artwork that includes a per, like includes diversity that people don't usually see then do it <laughs> then do it like that's what I want to do I want to I want to make that um artwork that makes people want to learn more yeah thank you that's what we want to have I mean we I think I can't remember which conversation we were having about um you know this this change in um identities and how for so for a while there was this focus on if there was a film about you know somebody who was queer that it was all about them being queer it wasn't yeah. about 
them being a human in the world and like what are they just have how are they living their lives like what's just happening for them but it had to always kind of focus on these little pockets so that then actually the evolution of people becoming just human and a part of uh, a culture is always sort of held back and stilted and I'm curious if you feel that shifting or if you feel like you have a role in that shifting yeah I think that like definitely um I think that for the past, like, while, while I was growing up, I mean, the media that I saw that had diverse characters, their, their stories and their character development always revolved around their diversity. And I want to, like, move away from that. And I think that we are moving away from that, where we can show diverse characters, we can show LBGTQ characters, we can show Black characters, we can show Latinx characters, we can show everybody without having their stories revolve around their diversity and without like forcing that and forcing all of their um all of their like character development all of their storylines around them like trying to find acceptance because we've seen that (laughs) we grew up on that like we don't need to see anymore let's just see people who are accepted let's see people who are just living like normal lives because that's what's happening like everyone has normal lives why can't we just see these people like go to the grocery store. Why do, why do they have to be like struggling about like going to a gay club or something? I'm like, what? You're 13. What are you doing? <laughs> like, can we just see like 13 year olds being 13? Like despite what race or gender they identify as like, Oh my God, guys, can we just have regular stories? Especially, especially with kids, because that is such an, um, influential time in their lives that I feel like so many store of the stories that we are seeing, especially with the LBGT community is that it is about like them finding themselves or like them like having to come out or anything. And it's like, can we just, can we just see them having a good time? Like, I, you know, I want to speak to that because I'm, I'm realizing that, Oh, as I hear you talking about it again, that there's this compassion arising in me for how it was before and this, um, you know, there was sort of this um, this hunger, this starvation almost for being seen, you know, and so many humans, I mean, and so many, for so many different reasons that just are not ever seen. And the arts have this way of allowing something to be seen without being maybe visible, right? Where you can like go into a movie theater or you can open up um, a book of drawings or you can even go to a performance, a dance performance and lose yourself in the visibility of other people, which allows you to, for that moment, feel seen and heard. And the history that we're like, you know, moving through right now, so many millions of people just not feeling seen and heard that, yeah, this sort of backlash of like, no, you need to see me. I need the story to be just about this one piece. And, um, you know, kind of like, you know, like we're at this evolutionary stage of like, you know, toddlers, like, hey, what about me? I'm over here. Um, you know, I'm not concerned about that stuff over there because that's been the priority. So I don't know. I just I was realizing like, yeah, there's a reason. And now we're in a different place. And because of your age, it's it's beautiful because you're not necessarily embodying all of those wounds. You have some of the wounds of your ancestors, but you don't have all of them. You also are a fresh being and the new generation to to be able to have space to respond to what's new, not just responding to um, the things in the past that you're also informing you. So yeah, I'm, it's really, it's exciting to hear this. I'm, I want you to both speak to what you're working on now um, and the creativity. And I also am hoping that we're going to be able to show the film clips just one more time after you both speak to that. I'll just check in 
Um, but hopefully that can happen. But um, Isabel, could you speak a little bit to what what's inside? Sorry, right now? Hear you. Yeah. do you mind? Do you mind repeating like the last like bit? I couldn't hear. I couldn't yeah, hear. No, just it was more about um, because we're coming close to the top of the hour. I just want to make sure that we get to hear. You know, those little film clips were just from a project that had sort of came out of nowhere. And honestly, yes, you responded and you created it, but it's not necessarily. It's actually not who you are and what you're working on right now. So I would love for that to be spoken here about what you're working on right now and where you're moving towards. And yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say what I'm working on. So I, um, I'm, I, I did that thing in community where I community college, where I did all of my academics first and all of my art classes last, because I was like, I'm gonna save the best for last. And I'm coming up on that second year of college. So I am moving into all of my art classes. So I think I'm going to be focusing more on like honing my skills because I think I have taken like an intermittent break of like not doing a lot of projects as I wish I would. Um, and although I'm not doing anything, uh, I think for anybody or like for, uh, like work or anything I am doing, um, I'm doing individual projects. I want to get better at claymation, which is going to be like a whole new medium I'm going to have to deal with. Uh, so I think I'm starting up that and I'm starting to write poetry again, which I hadn't done in a while. Uh, also reading, I think for me, a lot of my inspiration comes from consuming other media. So I'm trying to get inspired again by going back and reading the things that I haven't read before. You know, sometimes you have to do the work to open up your own perspectives. I feel like I like to tend, I tend to stay to the things that I'm comfy with and the things that interest me. But um, part of like being inspired is learning new things. So I think I'm going to push myself. Uh, I'm pushing myself this summer to watch all 100 uh, top zombie movies because I really like zombie movies. Um, hopefully I write like a like a horror or like a zombie-esque script because I think I have been getting into that genre lately. So, I mean, those are my plans for the yeah, summer is to get more into... Um, yeah, zombie zombie movies. That's That's been a real big thing in my life. And... <laughs> And painting. I, I want to paint again. I, I love it painting and I haven't done it because I've been like focused on schoolwork. I want to get back into that. Um, maybe write some scripts because I also haven't, haven't uh, like started writing in like so long. So I, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what um, I'm working on right now. Great. And can I ask you on a personal note, you, when we first met, you were, um, you sent me a link to some of your paintings and they're fantastic and they're amazing. Are those available for people to check out or is that really more personal? Oh, it's totally ooh. fine if it's more personal. It's just curious. Oh, I just, I don't have a website or anything, but you know, maybe in the next, cause I also need to set up a website to put my art out. I realized that I quit social media like two years ago. So I haven't had any outlets to like put my stuff on. I definitely want to do that. So um, I'll, I'll probably forward the link to someone. Hopefully it can get out to the listeners. That would, I would love to to support you and getting that out because I was very, I mean, I had just seen that video and then you sent that and I was like, oh my God, there's another whole reality here of paintings and personal story and just absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, I would love Thank to you. support that. Yeah. Annika, what are you diving into? Well, um, I kind of like what she said about um, reading because I feel like to me, one of my favorite genres of art is literature. Um, and so, I mean, at the moment, um, I'm taking film classes constantly and um, like English and literature classes because I just like, I love that. And what I'm working on is I'm a screenwriter and I have an all original show that I am writing at the moment. And um, I also have a couple feature films that are... Um, I'm beginning to write as well. And um, 
I think like just to like talk about my show a little bit, um, it's all it's all about that representation and that representation that is not <laughs> diversity that does not revolve around its diversity. And I think like it, I can't really talk too much about it, but um, there are like multiple characters. It follows a lot of different characters um, in the high school setting where they're just being and their relationships are like kind of what like kind of motivate them to um to be better people and to just kind of like live in a healthy way like they're all struggling with some sort of thing and the relationships are what um allows them to grow i guess um and i just it's I love it. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn or anything, but um, no, I think that like it's really important for um, our generation to see themselves in like just existing and to like feel like they're seeing someone on screen. And I think that kind of like the point of my show, obviously there are many different themes and everything, um, but is just to feel like you have a friend to watch it and be like, yo, these are my friends. Like, this is how like to feel like even when you are feeling lonely because a lot of a lot of the show does revolve around this central theme of the irony of loneliness is that we experience it together at the same time Mm -hmm. um and so i know that our generation maybe it's because of social media but that we do all feel really lonely a lot and that it's this big like issue for our generation um and so i want like our like people our age to watch and not feel lonely um and to feel like they can relate to the stories and to like make them feel less alone which is kind of the whole point of the show so yeah fantastic sounds great but i also wanted to show the the films just one more time justice is the soft green earth a capsule for corpses justice is like jasmine it reeks of reparations Justice finds forgiveness, and it asks for amends. Justice whispers in the creatures with souls. They have minds that murder and creatures that kill. And yet they are the same souls that created kindness and candor. The same creatures that created courts and convictions. Justice is everything. Justice. Justice tastes like blood in your mouth, like iron, that strong metal that courses through our veins. Justice tastes like standing, even when that fist makes contact with your jaw. Justice tastes like fighting for what is right. Justice is like that red that surfaces when you've skinned your knee, reminding you that it is there and that it will fight to repair the damage you have endured. Justice feels like your heart pumping faster, blood coursing through your body as you scream out to say, I won't back down. Justice 
justice feels like color rushing to your cheeks when you know you have won, that your persistence and strength has triumphed over their impression and hate. Like blood, justice means not only life, but living, because we all deserve to live. Isabella or Annika, any questions for me or questions for each other about what's come up? Um, I think I'd just ask Annika, like, where can we find um, your work? Like, in, in um, it's not really it's not out yet. Um, I don't really. I mean, eventually, I'm kind of in the works of trying to. Um, we're getting it like produced and going through all of that. So I don't know what it will be on, um, but I'm hoping to start filming within the next year. Um, so when that happens, I will let you know, and then you'll be able to view it like on a streaming platform for sure. You're listening to a TNS conversation with Isabel Lana Fernandez and Annika Velasquez hosted by Lady Bird Morgan. Yeah, I'll be ready for that. I'll definitely want to see it. I saw some comments earlier that they were just admiring you and thanking you for your presence and your insights and authenticity. Um, Joanna had to leave. She's a dance teacher and instructor. I actually just want to have one more quick conversation with the two of you. Stephanie would love to see more of your work going forward. Already discovered Isabella isn't on social media. <laughs> I'll wait anxiously on a show, but would love to see paintings and poetry. So Go ahead. I, I was going to say, could, could I could I maybe share my screen and show some paintings right now? That would be let awesome me, as well. Yeah, thank you. Let me open up um, just my portfolio or like a quick, a little, like it's it's not all of my work, but it is like some of it. That's great. So this is this is just like a little digital portfolio I put through just so I can send people sometimes because I'll be like, I'm an artist. And they're like, where's your art? And I'm like, ah. Um, so yeah, this was, this was a poster I did for actually a film. I was production. Um, designer on it was a korean it was like a korean language film so i did get to play around with korean characters it was really fun i still don't i still know what this says i think it says listen to your mom because it was like a it was like a thriller it was like a horror film so it was about the school system in korea and like the overbearing parents um yeah so this was a poster i did uh these are just some paintings that i did uh i think my last last year of high school so these are like little bit old. I definitely need to add more of my new stuff. Um, yeah, these are, I, I like to paint women. Uh, I've tried painting other things, but I think I am, I think Annika was saying that she was fascinated with people. I'm very fascinated with people when it comes to visual arts. I love painting people. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just like, I like painting eyes too. So a lot of it is that, uh, lots of like different mediums too. Mm. Uh, Oh, fantastic. Um, these are these are some other works. I think one of these, the center one is a collage from that's like on top of my sketchbook. I definitely am like cutting things out a lot. I'm like a major scrapbooker, so I like scrapbook daily. Mm. So I'm constantly cutting things out. I definitely want to incorporate that into like work in the future. I get yeah, like this this painting has like a band-aid on it. So just like anything I have in my house definitely ends up on like my work. And then this is just uh this is just like a doodle I did that I um, put on my phone and that, yeah that, that's 
uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, oh, and then I think like this cowboy painting, definitely like in, inspiration from the West. Like the West mm-hmm. ends up in a lot of the stuff that I do. There's so a lot in that. I mean, that would be a, an entire podcast just talking about this artwork. There's a question that um, popped up and I wonder if you could respond to it. The question is, what would you say to adults who struggle to understand and don't even know why they should be curious about your unique experiences as young artists? Um, I'll, let, I'll let Annika speak to this too. Uh, I'll, I'll just say that, w- what do we say to adults that like aren't curious or don't? Um, sorry, if I'm understanding the question correctly. Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, yeah, I would say that um, you, I've, I've tried it before. I've had like so many conversations with people that like different opinions from me and like don't want to hear what I have to say or what people around me have to say. And that's always really difficult. I think there is like this... Um, this like letting go of like, you can't change everyone's mind, but maybe you can change them like a little bit. Like I'm taking a speech class right now. And the recent speech we had to do was persuasive speech. And there's like this chart that they have. And it's like a scale um, between like changing someone's mind completely and maybe just changing like them a little bit or making them consider their own opinion. And sometimes you're only going to get to one or two on that scale, honestly. Like you're not going to get, although you're not going to flip someone's opinion all the way to the end but even if you just give them a little insight, maybe have them question what they're thinking just a little bit, I would say that's that's a win. That's that's progress. Excellent. Yeah, and I would have to like add on to that um, by saying like I feel like with with the older audience especially, but just kind of in general, if your artwork if your intention is to like reach this wide audience, if like let's say like 50 people see it, um like you're not going to be able to like influence 50 people. But if you can get like three people who you can seriously like talk to, have a discussion with, or just like seriously touch them with what you're doing, then like it's worth it. And those three people, if you can, if you can really like reach out to those three people and have them understand even just like a little bit of what you're saying, then I think it, I think it's worth it. Um, and just, to not have those expectations of reaching everybody because you won't not, not everything will speak to everybody. Um, but I think that like, even if, even if it's just one person, it's worth it. I agree. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Annika, are you ready to share some poetry? Sure. Okay. Wait, hold on. Let me pull, let me pull it up, but I kind of have to explain it. So it's, um, it is a poem that is replicating um, an alternate, uh, another poem that we studied for my, um, my lit class. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I wasn't ready. I was so caught up in her beautiful artwork. I wasn't ready. Um, Beautiful artwork as well. Just stunning. Yeah. So this is a poem that I wrote based off of, um, this poem called like a bucket of fish, I think. Anyway, um, I will, I will read it. Okay. My abuela brought me a bowl of fruit, which she chopped with her worn petite hands, small chunks of fruit providing much more than nutrition. I inhaled the sweet scent as though it was a candle, a scent made just for me. A small pool of juice collects at the bottom of the bowl, my heart wanting to splash into its embrace, a pool of sweet, sweet juice, as sweet as her smile. Seeping from the mangoes, bright, vibrant suns that would fill you with warmth, 
a kiwi speckled with a hundred of seeds, hundreds of seeds. Each seed was a time she had thought of me, each little seed a reminder that she cares. Banana so delicate, each slice a little kiss, un besito planted onto my cheek. Strawberries glisten in the bowl, shining bright, so beautiful, too beautiful for me. I was not deserving of this beauty. I was just someone, someone who had done nothing but be, who had never cut a bowl of fruit like the one sitting in front of me. It all gave me the temptation to save it, to freeze it and lock it away, to preserve it, keep it safe forever. But when you freeze fruit, they're never the same. When they thaw, when you freeze the fruit, it may go too far. You can never regain fruit that has rotted. So I take the bowl, the bowl full of moments and thoughts, of small smiles and quick kisses, of value surpassing anything I could ever see, and I savor every moment of its sweet flavor. Wow, it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that in a moment without any preparation to actually have planned to share that. Um, and sure. it makes me think of a question I did want to ask both of you is, You've sort of articulated this to some degree, and I'm and I'm speaking of this not so much in like practical, like general terms, but like in the deeper soul level. How can the world receive you right now? Like as you're moving forward into your life and becoming who you want to become, or imagine you're going to become and seeing the world around you, how would you like the world to be able to receive you? And then what would be supportive in that way? Um, I, I, I can answer first. Um, I think like in, in, in like a general way, uh, like to receive, to receive me right now, I think the world or other people, uh, need to see, I think I'm, I'm obsessed with people seeing me as like them, as like, as like a person they could be, or like, as like, uh, just like a fellow human being. Like, of course we have like all these labels, like student, like younger person, um, not college graduate yet. Uh, or, um, or like, you know, like woman, like there's all these labels that I think um, prevent people from understanding that like we all have the capacity to understand each other's experiences as different as they may be. There is something so um, uniting about um, living in like the same time. Like I, I always say this to my mom, but I'm like, isn't it crazy that like we're all living at the same time? Like all the people that you've ever met just happen to be living in like the 21st century in California going to the same school as me or like going to the same cafe as me, like all these people just happen to be interacting with my life and they have like their own um, perspectives. And it's, it's just crazy that all these perspectives intertwine and that we're all experiencing the same things. Like we all, like all the jokes that were going on around the internet about like Zoom, which is really, really mundane and weird, but like everyone that was joking about like the struggles of Zoom or like uh, Wi-Fi troubles, like I think we all have um, like interlinked experiences no matter how different we are. So when I want people to like uh, receive me or receive my own um, my own art or my own thoughts, I think they I want them to receive it as if they're um, receiving something from like their own mind. They're receiving something that they can experience too. Uh, I want my stuff to be interpreted as um, as like the as like the same person as um, a shared experience as something that could happen to anyone. Um, because in no way do I feel that like my life is like super, uh, unique or special, I think, but that's what is so beautiful about like the boring or like the common is that we all share it and we all see it differently, at, but we all experience it, um, in similar ways or, 
um, at some point in similar ways. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I definitely like, I think I can add on to that is that just like, um, that we all do kind of have a similar experience. And I definitely think that with my, with my screenplay, like what I'm trying to speak to, and I know I have my mom, my mom's a writer. So she's like helping me edit. And like the thing that like, we'll be talking about is how these experiences, they're, they're the same feelings that she had. And we all, there are, there's like a range of emotions and to some degree, we all experience the same emotions or maybe like different circumstances that lead us to it. But if you can access like a feeling um, and an emotion, then we can all experience it together. And people will be able to relate to that because there are these human things that just happen. They happen to all of us. These like those like feelings that we can all relate to, especially like in a situation like high school where like anyone who's graduated, they've been there. They've like, everyone in our society has been through that at some point. And like, like you can really, um, you can really hit an older audience, like with those feelings where they can just like, remember what that was like and remember. And I know like, for me, like, as I'm writing that, I have to keep that, um, like in the back of my mind the whole time. Like, is this, is this something that not only like my generation can relate to, but like everyone else can kind of see themselves in in the um, story to some degree. Um, and then also like what you're saying about like, kind of um, just like the the labels that kind of define us that can like cut some people off to viewing what we have to say. Um, and I, I agree with that. I agree with that hundred um, percent. And also just kind of um, like, just taking the time to, to view our art or to watch our media or to like just take take a moment to like see us um and like if if you are a person who would be influenced by what we're presenting or if you have questions then like that's who we needed to reach you know um and like those people who will be who will be influenced like that's it. That's it. That's all we needed. You know, like I don't want to like repeat myself, but like somebody, somebody will be affected, you know? Yeah. I mean, even this conversation, you know, will be posted and somebody that wasn't here will see it and then they'll talk about it. I mean, there's such a ripple effect. There's the moment and there's the, the, what arises in the moment, which is important, but then there's also like what ripples out from that. We talk about that a lot in the prison work that, you know, just one person being able to access their humanity allows everybody around them to access their humanity. And so you just don't ever know, um, you know, how well you're going to be received. But I, Isabel, did you see that? Have you guys seen the question in the, the chat? Yes. There's a specific I, question for both of you about being a woman. Uh, definitely. All, all, um, yeah, it's a great habit. question. <laughs> uh, so yes. Um, experience being a woman in your generation. I think being, being a woman in general is, I don't, I don't like to be, my parents always say that I'm really um, radical in my views of gender, which I would agree to, to some extent. I'm very passionate about it too. I like always like when I'm not talking about um, nature or anything else, I'm always talking about what it's like being a woman, especially like a, like a queer woman, like always, always talking about that experience because I think at least for me, um, womanhood and like being, um, being a teenage girl, is like so it, it has just had such a huge impact in like the way that I've grown up and the way that um, I experience everything like it is through the lens of a teenage girl in like beautiful ways but also I think in dark ways like there there's like this quote I like which I can't quote it uh, specifically 
Um, but it, it's basically just like, there is no trauma, like the trauma of being a teenage girl. Uh, and I think when I'm like, cause I'm doing media studies, but I'm also doing like some gender studies, uh, when like, we look at the way that, um, like, uh, like teenage girls have been treated, like the media that they like and all the things that they like, like, uh, someone, people always bring up twilight for some reason, which is, I love twilight. So I'm totally happy with that example is that like, yeah, everybody hates Twilight and they basically the world in general, like the patriarchy, the world that we live in, hates everything that women like and anything that's woman adjacent. And I think that's really interesting because I see it in all the things that I like too, like um, Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. I'm very into geek culture and things like that. And I see I see the, the way that um, women are treated in those spaces and it mm-hmm. breaks my heart. But at the same time, um, the the resilience that um, my fellow women have in those spaces, me included, um, to like, you know, like put your foot down and be like, no, I like this thing. I'm also a person. I think it hasn't been, I don't, I don't want to say it's been easier being a woman in um, 2021, because that would be a lie. Uh, it, it's just as hard, I think, mm-hmm. as like my parents' generation or the generations before that. It's hard in different ways, but it still is just as difficult. Um, but at the same time, I think that uh, that um, that hardship, that thing that makes it difficult, just makes me want things more. It makes me feel deserving of things more. It makes me want to um, justify the things I do more, and it also it makes me want to be unapologetic, uh, which is uh, it, it's definitely been a turn. Like I think at I used to I'm uh, there, <laughs> there's like these conversations online about how women are always apologizing for just existing or just for liking things or for being in spaces, and I catch myself. I catch myself saying sorry for so many things all the time or like trying to reason or justify why I say things. And sometimes I'm just like, I want to exist the way that men exist, as in I want to say something and not have to give a reason for it. I just want to say something and for people to accept it as fact or to respect it. So yeah, unapologetically, living unapologetically as a woman, that's what I think um, like being a woman today is. And it also is less about, um, I think there there's been so much like a uh, forward momentum, like the generations before me have done so much already that like now I think um, you have to like savor the wins that they've already had. Like, I think I like mm-hmm. to, um, I like to like bathe in all the things that I get to do now while still complaining and critiquing for all the things I still don't get to do as a woman. I think there's, there's both of those. You get to do both of those things. My mom is always oh, like, she's really gracious about all the things that she gets. She's like, Isabel, you get to do this. And you get to do this and like you get to just like do all these things that I was my mom was always getting mad at me about that I couldn't do because it was unladylike. And I was like, you're right, mom. I do get to go do those things. I'm very appreciative. I'm very happy. And I like bathing in those things. But I also still like to be like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if like uh, if uh, I like the way you said that, mom, or you know what? Maybe you should see it from this perspective. So still very, a very there's this. um artists on TikTok that makes shirts that say angry women. And it's just like a woman that looks mad. And it it just feels really empowering for me because I'm still mad at a bunch of things, but I still am, um, like I said, appreciative and like bathing in all the, all the things that the women before me have fought for. Fantastic. Monica, I saw you back there. Like, yeah, I think a lot what was said. And like, to me, like, I just have to think about like who, who I grew up to be was severely influenced by like the um not stereotypes but just like the gender roles that were like 
kind of enforced from a young age and enforced by like my family, like you shouldn't sit like that, like all these things. But I remember, dude, I was that I was that seven year old who they'd be like, all right, we need some boys to help move the furniture. And I'd like move an entire table by myself because like I'm a feminist. (laughs) I'd be like so over like all that stuff. I remember like uh, to this day, if somebody's like, oh, we need some boys to help move this stuff. I will I will move all the furniture by myself in half the time just to prove a point. And like who I am like today, like being like, I mean, I was on the wrestling team and all this stuff was to like prove, to prove to, I don't know who, but to prove to someone that I could do it. I could do it just because they could. I was, I was part of the first like generation of wrestling girls wrestling at our school. And like, I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm going to do this. We can do this. And I think like, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to feel like I should justify that half of my clothes are like, I'm barely this year starting to like actually wear pretty clothes, like to be like, Hey, I think that's pretty. I should wear it. And not just like the oversized men's clothes that I wear all the time. Um, and so like, I'm really trying to like get out of that, like trying to prove myself by doing masculine things because I don't need to do that. And, uh, I've grown up thinking that I do to like prove that I, that my opinion is worth, um, is worth hearing. Like, I mean, I, it's a debate and like, just trying to like out talk all of all of the men um who are like trying to like like press down to the point where nobody nobody would question me like nobody wanted to debate against me because like I would kick their butts and like I don't feel like I should have to do that I don't feel like I should have to do that and I have done that like my entire life and I don't want to do that anymore and I want to dress how like if I see something pretty I want to feel comfortable wearing that and not feel like I have to be this like masculine like challenge to all men um like I don't feel like I don't feel like I should have to do that um and and yeah just kind of just like I mean obviously being a woman is difficult um in so many ways and not being heard or being viewed too much or viewed as an object like that's that sucks it's booty I don't like it um but just you're finding your voice. Yeah. It sounds like you're finding your voice regardless of it. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's coming through. Yeah. I really mm-hmm. appreciate hearing that. It's just, it's fantastic talking with both of you. I mean, it's very inspiring. It's very encouraging. It's um, yeah. It helps me remember even just my own journey and being a woman and what it means to be a woman and artistically expressing yourself in the wor- world. And um, Isabel, I appreciate you even saying Ooh. that. Everyone. Ooh, wait, I, yeah, I just remember this entire other thing. I was say going it. off of the, the Twilight thing. The <laughs> thing that upsets me about media is that there is there is no like girls TV show. Like they will produce crap like Riverdale and like push that on us and everything. And it's so it's so upsetting that like that they think that we'll like those things. There is nothing. There are boys shows and like, they have like entire franchises that are geared towards boys. And obviously like, I'm, I'm a star Wars nerd too. I'm, I get into Avengers. I have all of the movies in a box, like specifically that says Avengers on the top. Like I do my thing. Okay. But they don't, they don't make things that are actually for teenage girls and they make these crap shows and they market it that they're like girl shows or whatever. And like, we don't want that. We don't want that, that there is nothing that we actually want. Like, like we want to see like kick, butt. like <laughs> I'm trying not to cuss here or just <laughs> trying to like, like, like just kick butt TV shows, like just like fast and furious. And just like, like 
literally any cool show, but that has women in it. We want to see like us kick butt. So what are some shows? Have you seen some? Like, can you name some? What's So you're going to be creating them. This is, I mean, if I have to, no, um, but just like, kind of like, I don't know, like things like the arrow and like, there are like the flash and like all of these like cool, like dude shows that like, I want, I want the female equivalent to that. I want to not, I don't want the shows to be like brought down by all of this, like unnecessary drama with like, just really whining, like main characters that are like painting females in a bad light because they're like directed and produced by men. They're written by men. And it, like, it's this entire like genre, there's this entire genre of crap drama tv shows that are geared towards girls that that we don't want nobody asks for that we don't like it but it's what we're being fed we're not we're not given and we're not not given like powerful female roles Mm -hmm. like i want to see a movie with like all of the women from black panther and hopefully that's what the next black panther is going to be like um but like i want to i want that and there's really nothing there's nothing for us and just kind of like adding on to like that media thing there's there's nothing for us Annika, <laughs> the last hour, she comes forward. I love it. Um, and I so appreciate hearing that. And I totally trust 100% that you two are going to be a part of bringing that forward. I mean, you're bringing it forward already. It is happening. And um, just, yeah, so inspiring. Stephanie says, what a treat. Thanks to you all for sharing yourselves and your art. Good luck with the zombies. <laughs> Um, thanks, Stephanie. So, yeah, I totally agree. And thank you both. I know Kira's going to come on in a minute to sort of usher us out of here. Thank you. Thank you. It's very inspiring. I'm going to be sharing this conversation with a lot of people I know that were not able to make it that I'm really thrilled that they're going to be able to listen to it later. And I will add my thanks uh, to all of you for being with us. It's really great to have your voices, your upcoming generation. And we don't hear that a lot at the new school. So thank you, Lady Bird, for finding and inviting these two. And Isabel and Annika, thank you for your enthusiasm, for sharing your creativity with us. We'll have the recordings produced of this conversation again in a couple of weeks. You can watch it again or um, new people can watch. And we hope you'll take a look at our website and join us for future events. Okay, Lady Bird Morgan, Isabel Elena Fernandez, and Annika Velasquez, thank you for being with us at the New School at Commonwealth. We'll see you next time, everyone. Bye, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to a TNS conversation with Isabel Elena Fernandez and Annika Velasquez, hosted by Lady Bird Morgan. Thank you for listening to TNS, the New School at Commonweal. The New School at Commonweal is directed by Michael Lerner. Our program coordinator is Kara Epstein. Our audio producer is Ken Adams. And our theme music is by Jeremy Cohen. Visit us online at tns.commonweal.org. That's tns.commonweal.org. Commonweal is spelled C-O-M-M-O-N-W-E-A-L. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, and Amazon Music. Thanks for listening.